5: Let's roll! This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Marenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people at bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. Sunday, bloody Sundays. We pick up the pieces post-Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, and the NFL Draft. There's a lot of stuff to unpack here this evening. Ian Cameron, A.K. Baban, will step up and then we're going to break down every NHL playoff series. The NHL playoffs set to drop the puck on Monday night. You can't uh, beat round one of the NHL playoffs. We can debate and and, um, criticize the NHL playoff format um, I don't think that it's the smartest thing to have the best teams playing each other in the first round but it's going to be entertaining hockey and it's going to be off the hook Ian Cameron steps up and then Mo Khan throws it down with us as well as uh, we unpack the National Football League draft of course in which we were in attendance in Las Vegas, Nevada it was a great time in Sin City I want to thank everybody that came down I want to thank uh, MGM I want to thank The Grid and, you know, we'll we're, we're get into the names and all this, but it's going to be hard. I don't want to, like, leave people out, but I pretty much do think I've got everybody. Otto's, uh, smells like Otto's jacket, what's up? Matt, um, via Vancouver slash St. Louis, Illinois, what's up? Ryan Rules, what's up? Vancouver was in the house, Ryan and, and his boy. Brandon, St. Louis, hustler. Uh Andrew Patterson, chief fan, bunch of chief fans. We're hanging around with a bunch of chief fans, and a draft is in Kansas City next year. Um, who else? Well, not to mention all the, the, the wave of, like, new school uh, ragers and people. Uh, James from Tennessee. Um, uh, let's go read. Uh, like I said, um, Shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody that was uh, that was in the house. We don't want to uh, leave. Uh, we don't want to leave anybody behind. I don't want to, we, no, no one. No no uh, rager left behind. <laughs> but and listen, it was a wild couple of days uh, in Sin City. We had a great time, and yesterday we really hit the uh, the book. Yesterday, like that's where we hit the casino floor hard. And um, I know our boy Matt was along for the ride. Um, our boy Ryan Rules was there. It was pretty chaotic. Like, we went over to New York, New York again, and uh, we started playing blackjack, and, man, the money was flowing, we'll tell you that, and the money was flowing one way, and it wasn't in my pocket. It was one of those deals where it started off, like, it didn't seem like it was that bad. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, hey, I think I'm up about two, 300 bucks. I got a lot of chips in my pocket, and uh, next thing I know, man, I'm, like, dipping down, I'm, like, put it this way. It's never a good time, like, whenever you're playing blackjack and you have to ask the dealer, excuse me, where's the, uh, the closest ATM machine? <laughs> that's, 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 that's never good. Uh, like, any time you go into a casino and you sit down and you start playing and you, you have to, like, get up and excuse yourself to go get some more money, you've got a problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've, you've, you've got a problem. So, uh, we pick up the pieces. We're going to break it down. Mo Khan's going to step up it in. Uh, Mo Khan will kick it with us. We'll get into the National Football League draft. <laughs> Look forward to Mo's uh, comments and thoughts on this. No Texas Longhorn player was taken. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, of bustler, but everybody else in between. The Mighty Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Let's do this thing. Shout out to everybody who threw it down with us at the MGM Grand. Over the weekend, it was off the hook. The draft was great. It was a massive success. We had a great time. Uh, everybody at MGM had a great time. Everybody that came down to party with us had a great time. Everybody that went to the NFL draft had a great time. I'd listen, I've I've been to Las Vegas a lot, and I've lived in Las Vegas before, but that was kind of like one of the funnest trips I've ever had to Las Vegas. I wish you know. Well, listen, we had a great time doing the shows. We got out, and we you know we 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 had some fun. We 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 maximized our hours there. It's Vegas, baby, Vegas. But like, you know, it was no no negativity in the air at all. It was one of those, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always attitude in Vegas usually, right? Someone's going to have attitude. Someone's getting shot, right? So, you know, something's going to happen on any typical Saturday night on the strip as it is. I got to tell you, I think it was, like, less crazy. Like, I don't know. It was just one of those cool, it was like an NFL convention type of deal. Next year is Kansas City and nothing against Kansas City. But I don't know how the hell, like, how do you go from Vegas to Kansas City? Like seriously, like how do you go from Las Vegas having an event, you know, in which you know it's beautiful weather, legalized everything, and people just partying their asses off 24 hours a day, to Kansas City? What are we gonna do? Party at the hotel bar for an hour before it closes at nine (laughs) o'clock? Throw it down at the Crown Plaza? We've got problems, but that's that's not till next year, all right? are we'll, we'll, we'll worry about it. So we'll unpack the draft. Mo Khan, former uh, wide receiver. Mo Kahn will step up at a TSN radio. Uh, Mo's become a regular on our show. Me and Mo go way back, but uh, Mo's a great guest. I enjoy his takes. Ian Cameron will kick it with us. We're getting into all the NHL, NBA basketball. If you tuned into the show yesterday when we were broadcasting live from the MGM Grand with Pharrell and uh, and Sherapan and Cam, I said, listen, man, don't write off the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, Boston this, Boston that. Yeah, Giannis this, Giannis that. Advantage, Milwaukee. Cray Thompson hits a massive three. Late, wins the game. We break it all down and more. This is Sports Rage. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Bring it.
0: And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in
3: America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful?
5: Let's all Sunday, buddy, Sunday, late night anger management class. I'm going to start throwing things here soon, too. All right, things are back to normal. I understand we've got an echo on our YouTube channel, but it's being worked on right now, and we appreciate it, so I think it'll be resolved uh, shortly, and I nearly just strangled myself, and uh, semi got all tangled up once again here with my uh, my headset, but I'm good to go. We're good to go. And um, once again, we just got off a plane again. It was like last Sunday. We we went to the Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers uh, series. And now, uh, of course, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. We were there for the NFL draft. It was crazy. I'm sure you know. You guys saw on TV. Uh, we got Mo Khanna, actually. And I got to ask you, Mo, actually, because I didn't see it. I didn't like yeah. see what it looked like on T V because I was there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I saw like I was I was on the air like all the time when I was there for the most part. So I wasn't actually at the draft. You know what I'm saying? I was at the bed, I was at the MGM Grand. Like we had a great uh, TV studio set up. So I was at the MGM Grand. So I saw like, you know, pieces of it, but I was more focused on the actual, you know, the, the players or whatnot. We were doing our our thing, you know, picking winners and stuff and giving picks during the draft and and, uh, but how did it look, uh, on TV? Did it look as cool on TV as it was to actually be there? Cause I gotta tell you, like I said, I've been to Vegas a lot and Vegas is a pretty crazy city on like, on like just a usual night in Vegas. There's a bunch of fights, and people are going to get shot and stuff. It's just going to happen. There's a bunch of alpha males walking around and, like, running into each other. And there was a big brawl at the MGM last night, actually, after the boxing. Well, I don't know if you saw. I posted a video. That's what happens when you mess with my boy Cam Stewart's chicken wings. Um, like, all hell broke loose. <laughs> I Stevenson's mother got into it I don't know It was one of those boxing things Classic Vegas weekend Man like the old days Big brawl And, and you know on the, on the casino floor I missed it I missed the brawl While well, I was there And uh, and i saw people running and stuff and i saw security <laughs> i saw security like all the security and there's a lot of security i saw security all sort of like talking to each other suddenly like hey there. And, you know and then they sort of all go went right in one direction and it, it turned out yeah it was a big it, the boxer and like you know their their crews got into it um their crew got into it after the fight um but it was so, what did it look like on TV, Mo? What did you think of the draft?
4: Uh, the draft looked spectacular. It felt like it was on steroids by the hoopla, the background, what you had, and the, the overhead view. They kept on going to an overhead shot, uh, the NFL network in particular, of uh, the entire draft, and you just saw. A deluge of humanity that was there, <laughs> NFL teams, right? And, and it, was, it was pretty cool. It, it, it makes me wonder, Gabe, I know if they're going to Detroit next year, or they going Kansas City next year? KC Detroit next, next year,
5: Detroit year, Detroit after. Yeah,
4: yeah exactly. It, it makes me wonder if well, Vegas might become a, a rotation host for the for the well, because of what it brings up as being like a hub for all visitors to come out from all over the world to watch whatever events happening that weekend.
5: And that's the thing, Mo it's being it's being discussed already it's being discussed now the thing is they like spreading it around and like you know and then teams bid on it. it's like a, it's like a super bowl now mo it's actually yeah. bigger than a super bowl because you're not going to get that many people going to the super bowl because the super bowl is not free the draft is so um but it's been brought up and i said and it's nothing against kansas city but how the hell like we're going from vegas to what like i said like you go from like world-class entertainment to like what are we going to do like party at party. the crown the, the crown plaza hotel <laughs> <laughs> well things got rowdy at the hotel bar at the marriott last night i gotta tell you like there's not enough room and another thing is if you're it's almost like if you're a band or something though like you have or you have a festival that's like well last year we got 980,000 people <laughs> and this year we got 140,000 people maybe we should go back to the place because as you stated everybody wants to go to vegas even people from kc would rather go to Vegas and have the draft there you know what I mean and people from KC (laughs) told me that I was hanging with people from KC I said no offense bro but oh my god next year the draft's in KC and I said yeah trust me I said is it better like is it you know am I overreacting they said no you're not they said in fact you'll probably think it's worse than you imagine even (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like oh my god But funny, I love Detroit. I love Detroit. I'm looking forward to Detroit. I haven't been to Detroit since the Super Bowl when the Seahawks and the – but I'm I'm a Michigan fan. Yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm a big – I'm stoked. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to the Michigan draft, I'll tell you that. Um, It'll be cool. So, what would you think of the draft itself, uh, Mo? We can't – I got into it with a guest last week and he said there's no franchise impact players in this draft or no like game changers. I said, How the hell do you know? I'm gonna find out in years to come. So I also believe with that being stated, we can't really say winners and losers. We can just sort of give our opinion as far as, you know, what what, you know, wow, this team got this and I don't think there's any debate really, but the New York Jets, bro. The New York Jets, not only to me, had the best draft, they might have the best draft classes ever. Like, the fact that they pretty much got, like, the best player at each position, you could argue, right? So, I don't know, so, Stingley and Gardner, either way, 1-1-1-A, one, one one to me, Garrett Wilson was the best wide receiver on the board, um, and everybody thought Brees Hall was the best running back on the board. And, right. and and then you get Jermaine Johnson That I was shocked Let's start there that Johnson actually fell Dude, I thought he was a top 10 pick No way did I think he would go like. If it wasn't top 10, I thought he'd be top 15 for sure
4: Yeah, you, you know what it was, Gabe uh, And I was on TS Radio on Friday The day after day one And they asked me the same question Why did Jermaine Johnson fall? It was the case of supply and demand, Gabe That you saw in the first five picks All defensive background guys, right? Walker, Hutchinson, Stingley Jr., Sauce, and gave on Tibble before the first O went. And once Equinoncu went afterwards, that opened up the deluge of O and receivers, which pushed all the defensive players down towards the 20s. You saw, okay, you're even going to your Buffalo Bills, and then Johnson going to the New York Jets. So I just think what it was, it was just one of those things where if someone picked that player from that position group, It just created a domino effect that we saw. Drake London going to the Falcons created that effect where you saw Garrett Wilson go to the Jets. You saw uh, others going, Jameson Williams going to the Lions and so on and so forth here. So I just think that was the reason why Johnson fell down because in any other draft year, Johnson is your top 10 player because in the NFL game, you know very well. It's changed, right? a passing league. What do you need? Do you need NASCAR-like players who are pass rushers? And he fits that that prototype that we're looking at right now. And for the New York Jets, there's no question that they hit on getting three top ten players at their positions. Now the question is on Robert Salah, can he mold this team to becoming much more improved than what they were last year with what they have now to work with?
5: And now, as you state... It's, he's got some players now, and I and I don't I don't expect the Jets to be suddenly great this year or anything like that. No, but no. let's say two three years down the road with the players that they have now it does not all these guys are going to be you know slam dunks? But and and you know we didn't even get into Jeremy Rocker, right? The tight end. Who some believe that could be like potentially the best tight end in this class. So you get an Ohio State wide receiver, you get a stud tight end from Ohio State to go, to and now you bring in Brees Hall, who's tough. It's on. Listen, Zach, I didn't like the Zach Wilson pick to second overall. All right, I, I didn't think he should have went that high, but I'm not discounting the kid. Like the kid does have talent. Um. He, so, he's just, to me, and I said this last year, the kid's got talent, but he's not the type of kid you can just drop on the field and he's going to, like, win the game for you. You've got to give him some talent to work with. And now he does. Now, now he does have something to work with. So, I, it's an interesting work in progress right now. But... Yeah, you know, nobody can say that the Jets, like I said, every player that the Jets got, you could argue, like, Jermaine Johnson was a top-ten talent that, that slipped. Brees Hall was the number-one projected back to go off the board. Garrett Wilson was favored to be the top uh, wide receiver to be selected first. A lot of scouts think Jeremy Ruckert is the best tight end in the class. You well, know, the slam dunk for gang Green.
0: and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
3: Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right,
5: We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's Boop. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi kicking it with Mo Khan. He and Cameron will join us later NHL playoffs. Set to drop the puck on Monday. We're still unpacking the NFL draft. And listen, we were there. It was a crazy week and stuff. So I've got to, I've got to like, even me, I've got to soak everything in. And then we'll start to get into the NFL futures and stuff. But there were some good football players. I like the pick the Buffalo Bills did, uh, Mo, with uh, with James Cook, uh, getting yep. him uh, 63rd uh, overall. There, I think that was a good. I think he's, um, I think he's a good football player. They can help like the Bills. A lot of Bills fans wanted the Bills to take Brees Hall with the 25th pick, and I didn't think that. Was, I didn't think they were going to do it, and I didn't think that was a smart thing to do either. Um, the Bills, I think they, they, they did the right thing with Elam getting the DB. They needed help. You saw what happened when Trey White uh, went down uh, last year. So they get another elite uh, defensive back. But you got to like what the Bills have done, Mo. They've had a good offseason. I think they had a solid draft, too. Of They picked players, and these players that they picked are going to get an opportunity to play right away because the Bills are so maxed out now financially, they need these rookies to produce for them.
4: Yeah, my, my favorite player from the Bills draft class is the kid from Baylor, Terrell Bernard, the linebacker. And if you watch any Baylor games, which I'm sure you did, Gabe, during the college season last year, he's a dude out there. He was making tackles. He's got a high football IQ love the ability that, uh, of his thumping type of tenacity that he has on the football field. And I think this kid over here, if he gets on the football field, can definitely be one of those type of guys that can have an impact for the Buffalo Bills. And I just thought that was a great value pick to get for him uh, at number 89. I think Kyrie Elam, people weren't talking about him as much, uh, given that he didn't have a great year with Florida, given that they were just a terrible football team. But you look back to his game against Jameson Williams and against John Mechie, he locked down those receivers took. Got hurt at it. It's not that advice for him to go at 26 that he was, or 23, I beg your pardon, at that point was great advice for the Buffalo Bills. So I just thought they did very well with some strong doubles down the gaps for what they drafted from top to bottom.
5: There were a few players, Stingley as well, they talked about, and he ended up going very high. Uh, but there, were, there was quite a few guys in the SEC that they said, well, they didn't have the best year this past year, or they didn't, you know, they. They didn't play hard in every game. They mailed it in at times. But the thing is, Mo, as you stated, if you're a blue chip guy, you're on LSU and the coach is getting fired and it's a big circus going on. And same thing at Florida, like, you know, if things aren't going the way you thought they were gonna go when you get there, eventually you're gonna tap out, right? It's just it's the way it is. For who and for what. They're gonna start thinking. And as you stated, whenever Elon played against like big time players and stuff, he stepped it up, right? He knew. Okay, here we go. And so I think it's just some of these guys sort of drifted. And, you know, I'm not alone in thinking that. I saw one NFL GM, they said, oh, a lot of people are criticizing Stingley for um – for tapping out last year and basically mailing it in with LSU and this GM said he said with that circus I would have too that's what he said to GM even <laughs> right, so like even GMs no yeah listen there's a circus there what do you want the kid like yeah, he he got disengaged okay. You know what I find to be an interesting pick here is was Bailey Zappi Barry Zappy, yeah, to the Patriots. Very interesting, isn't it? They, so, if you're Matt Jones, like they're they're sending you a message that hey, this job isn't just yours, kid, right? Like this isn't this. You know, you're not locked in because the thing is, Zappy's actually good enough that he can compete for this job. I mean, we're talking about a guy that threw for nearly six thousand yards, five thousand nine hundred sixty-seven yards, sixty-two touchdowns, and eleven interceptions. He set new single FBS records. Um, you know, with this Joe Burrow had 60, you know, 60 touchdowns now Listen, he played at Western Kentucky It's a little bit different But I just found that to be an interesting pick That the Patriots drafted a quarterback That's actually pretty good What do you make of that?
4: Yeah, it, it was fascinating Because if you're watching in the lead-up to the draft They say, hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL A lead-up he was one of the key characters in that whole process. you learned a lot about Bailey Zappi as a quarterback and that a lot of people doubted him as, as, as a guy. Can he throw the deep ball? Uh, he's great with their intermediate passes, and that's what the Patriots do so well, whether it's Tom Brady or Max Jones or whoever's throwing the football, is those intermediate passes. Can you make those completions? Can you make those throws? And Zappi is probably one of the better quarterbacks in this draft class that can do that. And I think Bill Belichick sees something in him that, hey, He may not jump Matt Jones, Gabe. He may not do it, right? But if he's able to develop and he he gets a chance to play a small small sample size, you know what I know, Gabe, and all your listeners know very well, that there will be a team that will be desperate enough to say, hey, you know what? Maybe this kid could be a starting quarterback at the NFL level, let's trade Bill Belichick, whatever, two or three, whatever it might be at that point, to get a Zappy to be on board. So this definitely has a developmental project on it. Let's not forget, Gabe, let's go back 10 years ago when RG3 was taken by the Washington football commanders at the time. Who was in the fourth round? Kirk Cousins. So this isn't unorthodox, but I think now for, for Mac Jones, he definitely will have competition to work with in the locker room and on the football field on proving that he should be the number one guy going towards week one.
5: Mo Khan, kick it with us. And just uh, to backtrack, uh, I like the Shakir pick as well uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And one thing I'm surprised about and shout out to Johnny in our chat who's right, I wanted to bring it up actually um, that the uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, get uh, one of the best punters in the history of college football, Mo, from San Diego State. San Diego State, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in, in a And man, this guy this guy, he flips the field, bro. He's like a great guy. He's got like the hang time. He can pin it. He can kick it anywhere and stuff. I was actually surprised that other other kickers and other punters went before he did. I think the Bills got a steal here in the sixth round.
4: The, the thing with him is, is his hang time. And, and Daniel Jeremiah made the point on the NFL Network is that he definitely has a leg. But the, the reality is that the hang time isn't where it's supposed to be. And, you know, Gabe in, in, in Ultra Park, the wind swirls. So can he master the ecosystem in Buffalo? To yeah, it's
5: a different them? yeah from San Diego. to It's a different element. You're right, but he is <laughs> he is good. He's almost like a golfer. He can drop it in like you can like a lot of kickers. And also he's got a weird rotation on the ball as well, right? That's another thing. He's got a weird rotation uh, on the ball. But he can like like a he can like a short like he can chip it anywhere basically uh, this dude. But it's a good point. Completely different elements going from San Diego State to Buffalo right now.
4: Yeah, and so that's why it'd be fascinating to see how he's able to adapt to that ecosystem of Buffalo. And as we witness this year, right in the towards the end of the year when the when the Buffalo Bills played the Patriots on Monday Night Football, how awful the wins were that day. Can he be able to put it down the fairway to win those field position battles for this Buffalo Bills team, which on paper right now could be the favorite to win the AFC this year?
5: Uh, I tell you, there were a couple of really bad. Bad punts, too, against the Chiefs, if you remember.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's like, they basically, they're like, they, the Bills are trying to, the Bills are all in. They're trying to eliminate any weakness, and, and, and they're just, they're all in right now. But as I stated, they've spent, they've spent so much, so much uh, money. Um, I like the Daxton Hill pick. Uh, Cincinnati getting Daxton Hill uh, was, yeah. uh, was a nice uh, pick. Like, we were just talking about, like, um, you know another one that surprised me here was the uh, was the Cade York pick, like you know, in like the fourth round, if you're the, the Cleveland Browns, I thought that was a little bit of a reach right there.
4: Yeah, and York, I believe, went before the uh, the kid from San Diego State in the draft. Right, people were quite surprised. But the thing, yeah, is,
5: fourth round and sixth round, like hundred and twenty fourth overall, is pretty high, right there to be taking a kicker.
4: Yeah, and the thing is, the Browns, I believe, had one of the worst punting scenarios, the situations with their team last year, and they believe that this that this Yorkie can definitely solve those issues. And again, it goes back to that point, right? You, you play off of the, uh, off the Great Lakes in, in Ohio. Can he master those wins in Cleveland? Because if he can do that, it will give the Browns an extra fifteen yards to work against teams in that field position battle. So I just think that was definitely fascinating. But do you believe that the punter could do it? And let's not forget, Gabe, right? Twenty two years ago, the late Al Davis to Shane Leckler and Sebastian Janikowski early in those in that two thousand draft. Both those guys proved to proved Davis correct in the whole process here. So, if you can find that punch that can change the game around, you go for it, no matter if it's the fourth round or fifth round of a draft.
5: Mo, another interesting development with a football team, and I was just there, obviously, with the Raiders. The Raiders, I think, are a lot better than people realize. And they're kind of an afterthought in this division here uh, right now, but... You know, Let's look at the, what they did at the running back position here. So they're not – they declined Jacobs' fifth-year option. So you've got – they draft the kid uh, Brown out of UCLA. They're kind of like rolling the dice here uh, with these dudes. But they also bring in Zamir White uh, from yeah. Georgia. So we've got a situation developing here with Jacobs. He's not going to be a happy camper, bro, rolling into this situation like this.
4: No, and you look at their running back. Uh, right now, I think they have like five or six going to training camp uh, in, in late July, and you're seeing the influence of the Patriot way being brought to Vegas, and that they don't believe that Josh Jacobs uh, is worth the value. That's
5: a good point, the, job, the McDaniels yeah. thing. Hey, No, no, we're just exactly. going to get a bunch of running backs late. <laughs>
4: so, so, long story short here, uh, Jacobs has not been reliable because he's always been hurt, when they, even when he does play on the football field, and I think they see that right now. Now, look, you can get yourself maybe three guys at that total value that can definitely be fresher and give us different elements of style to work with on the football field. Isaiah Spiller
5: to the Chargers. That, I think that was a good pick, too. Um, getting him, like I said, they got him like the spot before that we were just talking about the, where the kicker went to Cleveland. All right, more with Mocon on the other side. The late-night anger management class continues. Bring it
4: Do you
7: have a gambling
5: problem. No, I enjoy it; it's a hobby. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Mo Card with What is Ian Cameron? Will step up and in and uh, join us as uh, we've just uh, just gotten off a plane uh, once again, literally and Last week, <laughs> uh, Mo. Like the show starts at nine o'clock um, Pacific. And last week, I was still in an airport at like 740 type thing, right? Like, and I was waiting for the baggage and the carousel. Everything was just slow, and I was like, oh, man, this is like, we're cutting this pretty close. <laughs> like, so, so today, actually, it, by my standards, it was. you know what I mean? I had like four or five-hour gap this time. My flight was supposed to leave at 1.30, and I was supposed to land at like four o'clock type thing. It's like two and a half hours only, like, or not even, it's like two hours and 17 minutes in the air. So I was supposed to you know what I mean? I was, but yeah, the, the, the getting in and out and et cetera, but like, uh, I hate this. I got on the plane and uh, we never took off, Mo. It was an hour and 45 minutes. Like we just sat there. And Buddy said, and the plane was running too. So I was always thinking, oh, are we going to go now? Are we going to go now? Are we going to go now?" And we're sitting there. And He goes, "Yeah, we don't have clearance." And he goes, "They're understaffed today, and COVID, and blah blah." He's like, uh, "Sorry." He goes, uh, "We know." And then he, he didn't say it's going to be a while, but he goes, <laughs> he sort of said, "Why don't you just settle in?" He sort of said something like that. And I'm like, "Oh, this isn't good." And I fell asleep. And I was so mad because, like, I, I usually can't sleep on planes, Mo, and the flight's only like two and a half hours. So I actually fell asleep for like an hour and a half. And I wake up and I actually, like, look out the window and I'm like, are we flying? And then I realized we're not. <laughs> like, yeah. and that's when I was like, you gotta be kidding me, man. I was like, I just slept for like an hour and a half and now I'm awake and we haven't even left yet. And then I look out the window and they're bringing the baggage over now only. And then I was like, "Oh my God!" So what, what turned into what was supposed to just be a nice, smooth operation. Mo, this week I'm at the stupid airport at 6:40, so it wasn't much better. Like, it turned in, and basically the same thing. Like, I wasn't rushing, like, in a panic, but I was basically going, this sucks. But basically, like, I'm getting off a plane, into a taxi, off the taxi, and we got to start the show. Uh, like I said, not to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to pat myself on the back. Not a lot of hosts will be able to do this, right? Or would do it. But, uh, but we're doing it nevertheless. So... Let's get into the quarterbacks a little bit. because We can go on and on as far as uh, you know all, all these different players. There was a great tweet. I retweeted it. Somebody uh, had it out there, and like it was uh, Desmond Ritter says he's going to win a Super Bowl for Atlanta, and. Um And there was a picture of him, and he does. He looks like he's like 52 years old already, this guy. Okay, man, like he looked Like The picture of him was was gold. So, Kenny, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett goes 20th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We told everybody he'd be the first quarterback taken, and he was. Uh, Desmond Ritter. I was wrong about it. I thought Desmond Ritter would go higher than he did. But the great pick by the Atlanta Falcons, I think, getting Ritter uh, with the 74th pick. Malik Willis goes to Tennessee at 86. Matt Corral goes to Carolina at 94. Bailey Zappi uh, goes to the Patriots at 137. Sam Howell goes to Washington 144. What do you make uh, of uh, these quarterbacks and... Who do you think has the best chance to succeed? Who landed in the best spot?
4: I, mean, I mean, think I think Kenny Pickett landed in the best spot because of the organization stability in Pittsburgh. You look at other teams: Sam Howell in Washington, not stable enough. Uh, Desmond Ritter is going to the Falcons. That is full of holes right now on both sides of the football. But Arthur Smith. Can definitely mold him into becoming a hopefully for himself a solid NFL starting quarterback. What I'm intrigued by is Malik Willis because if you look at Tennessee now, Gabe, right, this is a team that that choked their way in the loss of the Bengals back in January for what they couldn't do at the quarterback position. Ryan Tannehill is probably entering the last year of his deal of, of being a Tennessee Titan before they move on to Malik Willis. The question now is for Mike Grable. You don't have AJ, A.J. Brown there anymore, so how are you going to go? about with your with your offense will this be run heavy as it was with Derek Henry who was banged up last year or you keep with the quarterback development of, of league Willis so I'm quite fascinated to see if Willis can supplant Tannehill at training camp because again Tannehill did not have a good playoff run so I just think there's a lot of question marks about that I think Matt Kroc going to the Panthers look We know that Matt Rule is on the hot seat, and that situation might blow up in the Panthers' face again because this could be a situation where Matt Corral does not get developed or gets the proper mention that he requires to become an NFL quarterback, and that might stunt his growth. So I think right now Kenny Pickett is probably in the best situation to be where he's at and eventually be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's going to be now or next year.
5: I can't uh, agree more. You know the best situation, obviously, landing with Mike Tomlin, landing with the, with the, the Steeler organization. They know him well personally. They share the facility. He plays there, so you know. I mean, they they they've been watching him play for years, and they know that they could plug him in to be the starter uh, for the next five, seven years, or hopefully maybe more. Um, and you know, we'll find out about this hand size stuff, but he's playing in the same damn stadium that he played. in. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you about Well, about the weather and all this and that, but. You know, people like him. People like Kenny Pickett. People talked about this quarterback class not being great. But, you know, all year long people love Kenny Pickett, and he didn't do anything wrong, and then just sort of the smear campaign started. But this is we talk about it, guys. Oftentimes you're better off going later if you're a quarterback because he will land in a better situation, right? So right. he lands in the ideal situation. I think Desmond Ritter's in a perfect situation as well. And I like Ritter too. I like his arm strength. He's a little sort of a robotic in the pocket and stuff. But he's a big dude at 6'4", uh, 215 pounds. He's a confident guy. And he can get rid of the football. He's got a zip to the ball. When he throws it, like there's, he can throw a fastball. So I think he does have, like, an NFL arm. I, like, I like the Ritter pick a lot. And Mariota's a perfect guy to play in front of him. And then, boom, Ritter takes over. And they've got a quarterback in the future. Malik Willis. You know what is interesting to me? That the Falcons, Mo, decided to go with... Desmond Ritter instead of Malik Willis, despite the fact that Malik Willis is actually from Atlanta.
4: Yeah, and I think what it came down to for Malik Willis, and I feel bad for him because I think he got some bad information about where he was going to be projected. Because remember, we spoke about it last week, right? We are saying, could he go to Detroit at number two? And he ends up falling all the way down on, on day two of the draft. And I think now for Malik Willis, for where he's at positioning wise here in Tennessee, Can he learn from Ryan Tannehill? And I think this is a good spot for him because there's no pressure on him to become the face of the franchise until probably next year. So for him to go to Tennessee, if he does play this year, all he has to do is hand off the ball to Derrick Henry and continue to grow and work on his weaknesses because, again, his throwing acumen is okay. It's not as deep as it should be. And I think he has to get better at that to be much more accurate than where he was at Liberty last year. So I think for him, also, another point to look at, he ran a pretty simple offense. Can he now become a guy that can make the audibles at the line of scrimmage because he sees something out there that says, you know what? but this may not be the right play. Let's kill it and go to the next play here. So there's going to be a lot more of of the, the, the tutoring, the mentoring done by Ryan Tannehill and by this Tennessee team with Willis. But if he can develop in that situation, perhaps he'd become the starting quarterback next year.
5: Yeah, and that's the thing. they have an out, right, with Tannehill. They have an out the Tennessee Titans have an out after this year and he makes a lot of money. And as you stated, I think they've kind of peaked with him right now and with this team. Like the Tennessee Titans, they're sending a message. Look, they led, they didn't want to pay AJ Brown, right? They're they're definitely retooling and rebuilding. I think it's gonna be a down year. And like you said, Tannehill knows this is his last year with Tennessee, but he'll be motivated to play well so he makes money. Elsewhere, and um, it'll be interesting with, with, with Malik Willis. But he's another kid here that's been given an opportunity, Mo. Right? He's drafted to a team that with a quarterback that they're not going to resign. So he he's, he's has a year to learn, and then next year he's on the clock, and we'll see if he can get it done. Uh, but I think a full year around the NFL. Practices and the speed of the game will really help uh, Malik Willis because he is very raw. Like his decision making, like, um, you know, he didn't play against the best competition. So, and when he did, when he did, he got confused at times, which doesn't mean that he always will be. He just needs more playing time against elite competition. Um, I like the Matt Corral pick. You know, I, I don't have a problem with where they took him. He's one of these guys, you take a chance on him. There are concerns. All right, is he is the most accurate passer? No. Uh, but he can sling it. He can like throw it anywhere, but and as far as accuracy is concerned, whatever, dude. NFL wide receivers can go up and get anything, right? So for me it's his for me it's his his health. Can he can he can he can he get through the grind of an NFL season where he's getting knocked around? But I gotta tell you, Mo, if you look at the schedule that this kid played last year. He's not going to get knocked around much harder in the NFL than he did like, in the SEC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah. dude, like, there was a month. It was like, LA, they, they literally played Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Tennessee. Like, it was just, like, five or Arkansas. It was like this five, six-week-in-a-row thing. And I brought it up the other night, Mo. Lane Kiffin's kind of to blame for this because he ran corral into the ground, bro, in that Tennessee game. Corral threw the football 38 times, and I think he ran the ball 34 times, bro, or whatever it was. Like, it was too much. It was just too much. Like he literally got hit like 60 freaking times, man. And he wasn't the same after. Like the offense, like, if you look at Mississippi's numbers last year, guys, right around the halfway point of the season, they hit a wall, and it was because they they got Corral murdered, and they they got him hit too much. and That's on Kiffin because Kiffin's trying to win football games, and he's not concerned about Corral's health. Really. Really. And Corral, Matt. One thing that you know, Mo, though, about Corral is he will try to suck it up and play through pain. And he has. He did. And he look. He played in that bowl game and he got hurt again. So yeah. he's a gamer. That's the one thing I like about him, Mo. This he's a he's a competitor. And yeah, he's cocky and stuff, but he wants to win football games. Like, and he'll play through pain.
4: Yeah, and he's got he's got a lot of whip in his throws. And, and there's throws that he can make from the pocket. And again, the question that I have for the Panthers is that Matt Rule, will he be the head coach of this team in 23 you're bringing Ben McAdoo, who didn't really do well as a quarterback, grew in, in New York as a head coach. So can you entrust him to develop Matt Corral to be the face of this franchise? Because again, this organization has been searching high and low for that franchise guy, and you wonder if they're going to thrust Matt Corral in at the quarterback position because Sam Darnold looked great for two weeks and then flamed out last year. So do you want to ruin this kid's confidence? Because again, this team again for the Panthers is not strong enough yet on the O line to protect him and keep this gem among the crown jewels upright throughout the course of a 17-game schedule that it will be for the Panthers this year.
5: Mo Cod with us. All right, Mo, before we get you out of here, NBA, Philadelphia 76ers in the heat. Uh, tomorrow, how do you think they do without uh, Joel Embiid?
4: This might be a riot for the Heat uh, tomorrow night. I just think that the Heat look like they are focused and what they were. I wasn't fighting to the Miami Heat at all. Gabe, as you know, a few weeks ago we spoke about the Miami Heat. But with no draw and being in the lineup here, that puts more onus on the guard play of the Sixers. Can they get value from their backcourt to carry the load going against a very good defensive-minded Miami Heat the team?
5: Always a pleasure, Mo. Great insight as always. Follow uh, MoCon Mo on, uh, on Twitter. What is it? MoCard 19. mocod 19. Yeah, MoCard 19. (laughs) Mocod 19. (laughs) 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 Always a pleasure, bro. Thanks for the time, my man. Have a good week, pal. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. Late night anger management class, this is Sports Rage. I am Rancy. Just unpacking the NFL draft, great stuff with uh, Mo Khan. I like what the Philadelphia Eagles did. I like what the Philadelphia Eagles uh, did as well. I think the Eagles, and not just here in the draft, but the the Eagles had a good week, right? To get A.J. Brown... They had a very strong draft. I think they they just added some strong pieces. I like what this team is doing. I like the future. I like the direction the Philadelphia Eagles are going in right now. I do believe in Sirianni as a coach. I liked what I saw from Sirianni last year, in which um, he adapted. Right, a lot of a lot of new coaches. A lot of new coaches will come into the league and as their first year, and they're going to be. It's my way. It's my way. And this is my. My. I'm the head coach, and I'm. This is my playbook. And they couldn't run the playbook, right? They couldn't run the playbook. Sirianni's playbook was pretty advanced, right? And that's not a slight on on Jalen Hurts or on the Eagles. It's not easy, like learning a new system and Jalen Hurts had a problem. Like, the Eagles, everyone had a problem picking the system up. Like, do you remember earlier in the year, like, everyone was getting mad and flipping out because the Eagles were never running the ball. And then they started running the ball. They only really started running the ball because he, he clued in. Sirianni realized that, you know what, they can't, they can't run the plays. I want them to run. It's just not working. So, it's not working. So, you know what, let's run the ball. And let's just let's just play to Jalen's strength instead of forcing him into my book here. I'm gonna I'm gonna adapt to my quarterback. I'm not gonna force him to adapt and make him look bad and throw him under the bus. Right? Yeah, seriously, you see that all the time, guys. Right? Uh you know what? You know they the the, the Giants were big on that with, with Danny Jones. Instead of playing to his strengths, they just tell him, do this. It's like no, play to his strengths, dumbass. Brian Bable can do that. Late Night Hacker management class, bring it.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or.